Blog Talk Radio. In a country barely towards a crucial election while facing a pandemic, a liar in chief, fake news, and murder hornets, this is the last 100 days. Welcome, everyone, to the Last 100 Days podcast. It is Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. We are on day 70 and counting until Election Day 2020 on November 3rd. T minus 70 days and counting. I am your host, Scott Fullerton, and joining me in just a moment with my co-host, as he is every Tuesday and Thursday, Mr. Brandon Carmody. We're on the second day of the Republican National Convention Quite literally the Trump show, and we are going to talk all about last night's debut, what we might expect tonight, and any other news in this 2020 election cycle. If you'd like to call in and give us your own opinion, please feel free. Give us a call at 347-989-0126. That's 347-989-0126. We'll be taking calls for about the next 50 minutes or so. Brandon Carmody, how the heck are you? Greetings, Scott, and greetings, listeners from sunny Portland, Oregon. And speaking of dates, tonight, pre-planned in advance, is going to be night number 90 of protest and guaranteed rioting here in Portland, Oregon. Tonight is night 90, 9-0. God love those nice round numbers. Are we going to keep free from the violence tonight, or uh, are you going to compete with Kenosha, Wisconsin for runner-up this evening? Uh, last night, uh, rioters tried to burn down the Portland Police Association building, actual arson. It wasn't even, you know, it, it was blatant. They literally set it on fire, and it had to be put out. The so, same one yeah, they tried violence. to a couple weeks ago? The same no, this was one? different. Yeah, they're ping-ponging to different sites. So I just don't – I wouldn't even know where to go tonight until the tweets start coming in. If I was to get my camera gear all packed up, I would just have to be on standby, man. See where they go. Wow. Crazy stuff. Well, we'll get into that in a bit because I do want to talk about uh, Wisconsin and we'll kind of tie in uh, Oregon to there as well. So it seems like we are on day 90 over there. We got to jump in, though, and of course start with the uh, Republican National Convention that kicked off yesterday. We had talked a little early on your show, The Queer View, a little bit about what happened last night. So we'll do a little recapping here. It was definitely interesting, to say the least. It was supposed to be a new tone. Um, they have themes every night, right? So last night's theme was supposed to be the land of promise. Uh, I don't know what they were talking about. It was the land of promise. They talked about the promise that Joe Biden would turn us into a socialistic, uh, communist, scary, rundown murder country. But that's the only promise I really heard them speak about. What did you get from uh, all you heard about last night's debate? Well, first of all, I thought that Barnum and Bailey's circus was retiring the, the cougars or the elephants or whatever whatever it was that they couldn't <laughs> do anymore. I, I, I couldn't believe that the circus was back in town. 
the uh, I mean, for God's sakes, who did they not trot out last night? We had the McCloskeys, you had Kimberly Gofoyle, uh, Nikki Haley. I mean, the list goes on and on. But uh, and Donald Trump Jr. looking very suspect, but we're going to get to that. I just, uh, man, the clown show started off in full clown show form. It absolutely lived up to what I expected. My expectations were pretty low, by the way. Right, right. No, it was it was a little crazy. The speakers, as you said, were a little all over the place from uh, people that are indicted um, for our little gun couple there to uh, former <laughs> stars of the party, such as Nikki Haley, um, who's still kind of a rising star, maybe. But uh, And then Tim Scott, which is their big black hope, I guess, for there. Uh, very interesting that Kimberly Guilfoyle will talk about Donald Trump's um, girlfriend after he dumped his wife uh, that was playing to a crowd of, uh, I don't know, there must have been thousands in the auditorium as loud as she had to speak over all of them. Um, talk about that <laughs> a second. What did you get out of her little speech there? Well, okay, so uh, first of all, why did no one tell Kimberly Goldfoyle that shouting your whole speech like that in the middle of a massive Trump rally doesn't play speaking to an empty auditorium? I mean, literally. Uh, so I, I think you mentioned on our show earlier that you were watching MSNBC and they cut back and do some live real-time fact-checking. I saw a little bit of that. and I literally saw a whole panel with Maddow and uh, they had Brian Williams out there and they basically kept reminding people like, there's no one there. It's just her and a camera in a big auditorium. I was like, then why did she shout? What's the – yeah. <laughs> and first of well, all – Let's give let's a, talk listeners about a little hint of that. We have a couple of clips okay. of her. So let's play okay. the first clip we have, and you can kind of see – I have this on a lower volume, but you're going to tell that she was not a quiet, shy child. This is Kimberly Gofoyle, again, uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, girlfriend. So uh, let's see what she had to say, shall we? <laughs> I speak to you tonight as a mother, a former prosecutor, a Latina, and a proud American. And yes, a proud supporter of President Donald J. Trump. Why? Because he is the president who delivers for America. He built the greatest economy the world has ever known for the strivers, the working class and middle class. As commander in chief, he always puts America first. President Trump is the law and order president. I got to tell you, Brandon, as a lover of musicals, I was almost impressed with her Evita impersonation with her hands out there and her gesturing. And I was waiting for her to break into song at any second. I would have been excited, but uh, (laughs) she didn't have too much fun to say. That's for sure. I'm, trying to count the lies using my fingers and I was like wait the greatest economy um, for Americans for the working class I I literally was like wait that's a lie that's a lie that's a lie did you fact check about four or five lies there just in that 30 seconds she got five lies 30 seconds five lies I know usually just try for five Pinocchios but she got five Pinocchios five times in a row that's like a double axle triple Olympic like gold medal performance there i was impressed pretty impressed with that um we have another clip let's go ahead and and listen to a little more of miss kimberly here i've got my birth bag ready socialist biden harris future for our country 
just take a look at California. It is a place of immense wealth, immeasurable innovation, and immaculate environment. And the Democrats turned it into a land of discarded heroin needles in parks, riots in streets, and blackouts in homes. Oh my God. In Trump's America, we light things up. We don't dim them down. We build things up. We don't burn them down. We kneel in prayer and we stand for our flag. This election is a battle for the soul of America. Your choice is clear. Do you support the cancel culture? the cosmopolitan elites of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden, who blame (laughs) America first. Do you think America is to blame? Or do you believe in American greatness? Believe in yourself, in President Trump, in individual and personal responsibility. They want to destroy this country and everything that we have fought for and hold dear. I do got to give her uh, bonus points for foreshadowing, talking about heroin needles in the streets and lighting things up. Let's talk about her boyfriend in a minute, but uh, good at foreshadowing there. I like her English major stuff, so good for her. Uh, <laughs> he was kind of a little um, out there. But what do you think about all that stuff? I mean, when we were talking real-time, live-time with it, she just doesn't really have a good grasp, does she? Um well, first of all, I want to understand the relevance of where they got this cow. And you're saying that that stone, I, I, I had, I'm not familiar with her. I admit this is a new name for me, but everything just in there was so ridiculous. There's blackouts in California. Okay. Well, there's a heat wave. There's electrical issues. There's heroin needles. Oh, okay. Well, I, your Donald Trump has been president for three and a half years. So take some responsibility and then everything that she's saying about Pelosi and Schumer, they're just trying to paint this dystopian vision that isn't true. They're socialists. They're going to take your guns. There is going to be 1776 all over again. I'm not buying it, Kimberly. I've never wanted cancel culture to come in and cancel you more in my life. Okay, how about you, Scott? Yeah. 100%. I mean, like you said, I don't know much about her either. I she said in her intro, I guess, that she was a prosecutor or a DA somewhere. I don't know where. Um, all I know is that she is Donald Trump's girlfriend after he decided to leave his wife. He found her very quickly. So uh, who knows what she's actually about. But just to keep going on that theme, she didn't have backup, especially as far as the guns go and uh, things like that, because they had another couple on there, I think. Maybe the very first time that a anybody currently under indictment has spoken at a uh, convention. I think they've been indicted a lot after we've learned from the Trump uh, parade of people that have gone through. But they're usually not indicted before they get into office, right? And so we have these two couple, the uh, McCloskeys, uh, on there who were um, – Saving their home from these raucous uh, trespassers that were actually protesters going down to the mayor's house down the street. Um, But they decided they needed to bring their guns out and start waving around at them. Let's start with the first clip from good old Mark and uh, Patty over there 
the McCloskeys. Here we go. Good evening, America. We are Mark and Patty McCloskey. We're speaking to you tonight from St. Louis, Missouri, where just weeks ago you may have seen us defending our home as a mob of protesters descended on our neighborhood. America is such a great country that not only do you have the right to own a gun and use it to defend yourself, but thousands of Americans will offer you free advice on how to use it. At least that's what we experienced. What you saw happen to us could just as easily happen to any of you who are watching from quiet neighborhoods around our country. And that's what we want to speak to you about tonight. Now, am I this wrong? message is sponsored by America Big Brother. Right. <laughs> Am I wrong? This great America they talked about that allows you to uh, hold guns and everything. Isn't that the same America that allows you to protest peacefully in the streets? Or am I thinking a wrong America there? Am I in South America? Or is she only saying one part uh, of the story, I think? I can, I can tell you when, Scott. And you just said it at the top of the hour. In 71 days after November 3rd, then it will be that America. Not this dystopian Orwellian Thing And, yes, by the way, they were charged with unlawful use of a weapon, a Class E felony. They're facing felony charges, and they just spoke at the RNC. Isn't that cute, Republicans? What are you doing, guys and gals? What are you doing? Uh, deep bench they have at that Republican convention. We'll go ahead and give them one last clip here, and then we'll start talking about tonight's uh, interesting party. But here's Mark and Patty one more time. At this moment in history, if you stand up for yourself and for the values our country was founded on, the mob, spurred on by their allies in the media, will try to destroy you. You've seen us on your TV screens and Twitter feeds. You know that we're not the kind of people who back down. Thankfully, neither is Donald Trump. President Trump will defend the God-given right of every American to protect their homes and their families. But more than that, Trump's vision for America is a country where you have an opportunity to work hard and build the life you dream of with a job you love, with your children being educated in great schools, in a community where your family can play in the backyard without fear, worship in a church without shame, and express your beliefs without retribution. Trump brought us the greatest economy our country had ever seen. The Democrats have brought us nothing but destruction. You know, it would have played, yeah, it would have played a lot better if they would have had a video. These guys were seated nicely on this little settee, little uh, uh, love seat type thing. If there would have been a video behind them showing lovely little boys and girls dancing around in their white hoods, it might have made a little more sense. But I just don't understand uh, what they were trying to convey on their type of America. Um, it's it's a very scary and sad thing that these guys were invited to speak at a national convention, right? Yes, and they're they're all part of this brand. Which, by the way, we haven't said it on this show, so let me put this out there: the GOP has no platform this year. Um, I think we agreed earlier that they might be claiming that they're using 2016's platform, but I think officially all the news networks I listened to said there is no platform this year. Their platform is they support their president. Like, But that's not a policy. That's not a 
By the way, Scott, if I was to really press you about what Donald Trump has said he wants to do in his second term, can you think of a single thing he wants to do in his second term? Uh, I can. No. I can. Not one. Cannot think of one. Yeah, that's why there's a blank slate. That's why there's a blank vision. slate. There's no platform. Yeah, they don't they don't have anything exactly. written down, man. <laughs> Didn't no do the homework assignment. Yep. <laughs> do we have so a anyway, clip so last... Spawn Jr.? I was hoping that people would get to hear a little bit of Spawn Jr. <laughs> I don't have any clips of him. I didn't get that over there for some reason. Oh, okay. But um, that's okay. I, I, we don't need to listen to him anyway because he is uh, a nut job in general. But he was one of the main speakers online. I mean, they finished up with three speakers last night. Nikki Haley, followed by Donald Trump Jr., followed by Tim Scott, the Republican senator. Uh, Nikki Haley was a little tolerable. Um, I liked her background story being of uh, Indian descent or uh, person of color descent. Um, I thought Tim Scott was a little over the top, but I wasn't overly um, offended by his as much as I was for a lot of the other speakers. But uh, it was an interesting night. They started off with Jim Jordan, Steve Calise, and Matt Gates, the three um, Republican uh, from the House that are have their lips totally sewn onto Trump's left ass cheek. And uh, it went kind of downhill from there, I thought, until these last three where Haley and Scott tried to elevate it a little bit. All they actually did was talk maybe softer, but said kind of the same thing. That was my overall approach to the first night. Anything else that stuck out to you from the first night? Uh, Absolutely. And this is the elephant in the room. The Trump campaign is trying to win over black voters but this remains an extremely tough sell. And so let's talk about Tim Scott. Let's talk about Herschel Walker. What they're doing is they're trying to appeal to that conservative African-American men. We need to, like you said earlier, we need to specify that. They're trying to close the gap to get 15% of African-American men to cast a vote for Donald Trump because according to where everyone is at with their internal polling, that roadmap shows that that will get Donald to 270. And um, I'm telling you right now, there's no way in hell. There is no way in hell with Charlottesville, with everything that this president has done on his messaging. I don't see it. I don't see it. Even even the people that cast a vote for Kanye is not going to be enough to get him to 15%. There's no way. Yeah, the political calculus is he needs 15% of black men to keep the Electoral College pretty much as is. Last year, he got 8% overall. Um, It's 4% in most places. 8% was as high as he ever got, but it was overall probably closer to 4%. Um, 8% was the biggest number he got, and he needs to double that to 15% this year, and it's going to be very tough to do. So they pulled out, like we said, Herschel Walker, big football star, Tim Scott, the only black senator that the Republicans have had forever. Um, It's just in 25 years. So it's like they tried to do this appeal, as I talked about earlier on your show, the the kind of running joke is black men will vote as uh, black women tell them to. So it'll be interesting to see if Donald Trump can appeal to get 
seven more percent on the best places by appealing just to men and leaving the women out of the picture altogether because they are just putting this square on the men, which is very interesting yes. to me. So I, I don't think it's going to play. I don't think it's going to happen. It's tighter than we think. I mean, there's still ways for them to win. I was I was looking at something earlier today of saying what they're planning to do to get them to win. Um, his newest uh, guy that he has in charge that took over their uh, the campaign, um, he says that he's Stepien is his last name. He took over for the guy that does the digital stuff. He says they have quiet confidence based on their pathway. They want options in politics. So if the president holds true to the states he won in 2016, I'm asking all the time, how am I going to run the table in the Midwest again? Mathematically, he thinks he only has to have one of the three he won to get because they had 306 electoral votes, uh, not the 270 needed. So he thinks he could lose two out of the three, which is the Wisconsin, the Michigan, and the Pennsylvania. So they're only hoping to win two of those three. Also, they think they only lost by 1,700 votes in New Hampshire, barely lost by a point and a half in Minnesota, by two points in Nevada, and by three points in Maine. So they're hoping they can pull this around. There's still a path for them, but I don't think it's going to go through um, just black men. I think they're going to have to appeal to a lot more independents, a lot more swing voters than they've calculated on. But they, they think they can do it. What do you think about that strategy? Um, I'm going to have to do a little bit of a deep dive on that, but I've been I've been starting to really put my ear to the ground as far as the fact that they suddenly, out of nowhere, uh, started to appeal to this particular base with, what, 71 days to Election Day. It's like, um <laughs> It's been a long campaign right. season, and now now they're going to go this route? Really? Well, the the most interesting thing I'm looking for tonight is the production value, because we all know how much Trump likes to be uh, large and in charge and in charge of the ratings, right? All he talks about is ratings, poll numbers, and things like that, right? Well, guess what? The ratings came out for last night. A viewership for the GOP first night of the convention was 15.8 million. What was it the first night of the Democrats last Monday? 18.7, almost 3 million more on the first night okay. of the Democratic convention than the Republican. You know that's got to be a bee in Trump's bonnet. He's got to be steaming on that that they've lost 3 million viewers compared to them. So it'll be interesting. It was kind of told that it was boring. The trouble they're going to have is, and let's go into tonight's convention. It's a good segue into here. For the second night of the convention, six out of their first seven speakers tonight, nobody's ever really heard of. (laughs) The one they've heard of is maybe Rand Paul. Um, But they're bringing in a lot of these other people, like the the gun couple from St. Louis, They're having some really – they're bringing these people in that are just not big draw names, and he's trying to beat these ratings. So it's going to be interesting. Their big draws of the night are Eric Trump, who, of course, got called out yesterday for refusing a subpoena to talk to the uh, United States Attorney General of New York. Uh, Then they have Tiffany Trump, 
who's very quiet and soft-spoken. She'll probably be there to humanize Trump if that is possible or not. And then Melania Trump, who, of course, famously plagiarized Michelle Obama four years ago. Um, She has an original speech tonight, at least, so that's something new. But she's pretty soft-spoken herself. It'll be interesting to see how she can pull off the speech tonight. The only wild card they have going on is Mike Pompeo, who is breaking all norms by being the very first Secretary of State ever to address a convention. And from Israel. even more controversial, he's doing it from Israel on a official diplomatic duty. What do you think of that <laughs> on tonight's lineup? Well, I, I'm really looking forward to hear Melania uh, give a Michelle Obama speech. I, that, that's the one thing I've been waiting for. Um, can we just mention? Can we just mention? By the way, uh, my entire social media is full of memes. Jackie Kennedy basically saying, "What did that be do to my rose garden? Uh, what the hell did she do to the? What the hell did she do to the Kennedy's rose garden? It looks like she took out the trees. I mean, she gutted it, right? Something. She did something." She really renovated the White House Rose Garden. That's what all my headlines are telling me. Renovated in air quotes. (laughs) Right. And it's just interesting. I mean, you can say she's trying to get billed as the new Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, which is going to be very tough to be built to begin with, because that was her baby, that Rose Garden, right? And even Michelle Obama, when she did her vegetable garden, she did it adjacent far away from the Rose Garden. She didn't want to mess with history. Michelle Obama knew yeah. better. She added to the the yards by adding her vegetable garden, but she was by no means going to move that Rose Garden out of there, right? So uh, what was right. the purpose of renovating this Rose Garden for the last year? It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Newsweek is running a headline uh, four hours ago that says Melania Trump is the Jackie Kennedy of her time, White House advisor says. So let me be clear, that's not that's not Newsweek saying Melania Trump is the Jackie Kennedy of her time. They're just quoting the White House advisor, which is, of course, repeating their talking points, which I'm not even sure they're talking points. They're, they're coming from the high command. <laughs> this is straight right. propaganda, yo, straight propaganda. I mean, I will give them credit. They're going to have two live speakers tonight, at least. Last night, I think they had one. I think, well, two. I think Haley and uh, um, Tim Scott were the only live people of last night. Tonight, they're going to do live from the Rose Garden with 50 people in attendance. Woohoo! And they're going to do Pompeo live from Israel. Be interesting to see if there's social distancing in Israel. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that could be the only two. Oh, and I just heard, I didn't know about this till just a second ago, but one of the people they have on, and we're going to talk, like you said, about Black Lives Matter a little bit in a bit. One of their speakers tonight is a girl named Abby Johnson. I don't know anything about her, right? The only thing I know is she said that uh, she has a adopted brown skin son and she would expect the police to profile him over her two white kids because statistically her brown kid son is more statistically probable going to get in some trouble than her two other sons she said this out loud oh my god that's right you're no i googled it out loud 
cops would be smart to racially profile her own son. It's all over like 10 headlines. You're right. They're running with that? That's an actual – yeah. Wow. She is, she is just speaking tonight. This, is this real life? So, is this real life right now? Is this really happening? The woman that said that Abby Johnson is speaking, like I said, I know nothing about her. All I've heard is this headline. But the headline is enough for me. It's like, what the F are we talking about here? That someone is going to racially profile her own adopted son over her own two white sons, and that's okay? Because statistically, he's going to get in trouble before her two white sons? She's saying this out loud, Brandon. I mean, well, I've got, I've got, I've got, I raise you, I raise you. This is coming out on Fox News just since we've been on the air. Listen to this. Trump announces pardon of John Ponder ahead of GOP convention appearance. So first of all, by the way, there's been a lot of crap and a lot of discussions about Trump's criminality and handing out these blatant pardons that are not even thinly veiled as far as um, it, their inappropriateness and their questionable conduct. But listen to this. President Trump announced on Tuesday a pardon of John Ponder ahead of the convicted bank robber turned activist appearance at the RNC. So he's pardoning John Ponder the day of his appearance at the RNC. I mean, again, more with the bad pardons, Oops. more with the self-serving pardons. Sorry, I played sound. Um, I did not – I don't even know who that is. But this guy is speaking tonight too, this Ponder guy is speaking yeah, yeah. So he was a bank robber turned activist who was going to be speaking tonight. He started a program called Hope for Prisoners in Las Vegas, and uh, okay. Trump pardoned him tonight. Trump is pardoning his charges away tonight, which is just come on. I mean, the presidential pardon power is okay. I mean, there's the, <laughs> there's no shortage of books being written about this or history watching. But yes, he gave out a pardon to this gentleman who is a convicted felon speaking tonight. I mean, come on. That's their second night's lineup. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's absolutely amazing. So I guess they have a law that you have to have a felon on each night since they had the Mikulowski's last night. It's a rule. They have to have someone else tonight. or something. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of well, they, rule that I don't know about. Well, they had Donald Trump on every night. He's just not convicted yet. We're gonna. We should That's do a post-show wrap-up in, in the first 90 days after Biden's in office and see what the Southern District does. But that's a whole other show. Also, by the way, we didn't talk about what Trump. Trump is again warning at the Republican convention of rigged election, rigged, rigged, rigged. They're going to use COVID to defraud the American people. He continues to repeat his untrue claim that the mail-in ballots could lead to voter fraud. All of the pundits are basically just calling it out, but he just keeps hammering that message home. It's just red meat for the base. It's like a Jonetown. They drink the Kool-Aid. doesn't matter what other channels shout it down. He speaks to them, and they hear it. I don't get it, man. This is a cult. This is a cult. He just he tramples over his own message. Like I said, last night was supposed to be – the land of promise. Tonight's theme is the land of opportunity. So what's the opportunity that we're missing out here tonight? What is the land of opportunity? What does that have to do with anything you just said? I mean, it's ridiculous. There is just no consistency to his message whatsoever. He throws stuff against the wall, sees what sticks, and just be damned in anything else he has to say. So it's going to be very crazy stuff coming out of everyone's mouth tonight. 
I will watch it so you don't have to, Brandon. You just watch the pundits because I don't want to make you have to sit through this. This is horrible. Well, I, I'll go to the I'll go to the highlight reel and pull out clips and have the barf bag ready. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, um, another thing that's getting thrown out there just in the last hour that's fresh. This is a fresh headline: Hillary Clinton to Biden. Don't concede if the election is close. She says Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And, of course, this gets back to our long-running debate about how bad is the legal fight going to be. No matter what we know on election night, no matter how many absentee or mail-in ballots or how much stuff is still sitting uncounted, I think we imminently end up in a courtroom and we're looking at, you know, a hanging chad. that We're looking at the whole 2000 mess all over again in some capacity. They've all got lawyers arming for battle on both sides. But Hillary Clinton says do not concede because if you concede – if you concede, the game is up. The game is up right, right. there. No, that's exactly right. I heard that she said that earlier, and uh, I I agree 100% because this is going to play out. I think it could take up to two weeks to find out who won. That's why we need to have a decisive victory early on. It, the in-person polls need to be decisive. So I really hope that we get anyone that does go out and vote in person um, votes for Biden because it needs to really be a decisive victory. In other, because he's going to dispute the mail ballots. We know probably no matter what. But I would love to see an in-person loss as well, so he doesn't have that to fall back on. It's going to be interesting. I mean, there's still a chance. It's going to be very scary, very scary indeed. Hmm. Anything else on the convention before we move on and get out of this? Uh, as you call clown show from last night and probably tonight? I don't on the convention. I'm about as burned out on it as as it gets. I hear you. Well, let's talk of some interesting things here. Let's, well, we got to talk about being in Black Lives Matter in Wisconsin right now. I got in a lot of yes. trouble last night um, with Michael <laughs> uh, because I was a little controversial. And I want to kind of clarify my opinion, then I'll let you kind of chime in, chime in on it as well, on the whole thing. I took a very unpopular opinion last night. I want to clarify it. Still kind of stick to it, but I want to clarify it. Because we're talking, of course, about Jacob Blake on Sunday in Kenosha, Wisconsin. There was a cell phone video that captured him going to his car and being shot seven times in the back by police in front of his kids. Horrible circumstance, no matter what. Probably because he was black. Um, and my argument last night, which I did not articulate well enough, but I'm going to try a little better tonight, um, was that the only thing I was disappointed in was that the police didn't tackle him or he didn't stop. And because you see, when you watch the video, He's walking from the sidewalk around the front of his car to get into his car and get inside where the police officer pulls and shoots him, which he should not have done. My point was it should never have got that far because you do not know, as a police officer, what is he going around to his car to do? Is he, does he have a gun laying on the front seat, on the floor of the seat? You can't let him get to inside the car to do that. And shots should have never been fired anywhere. And thank God LeBron James backed me up a little bit today, saying that 
he should have been tackled. If they, if they were truly afraid of him, and this was not anything mischievous, they should have tackled him or something beforehand. And that's what I was trying to say last night. I don't like that they let him get all the way to his uh, – they should never have shot him ever because he was unarmed. I'm not saying he should have ever been shot because he should never have been shot. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he should have been stopped before he got to opening his car door. And that was the point I tried to make last night. Thank you, LeBron James, for kind of saying the same thing today, brought into it. What do you think about this whole uh, situation in Kenosha? Well, there's sad news about the Jacob Blake situation. So he was shot seven times by police over the weekend. Um, The medical diagnosis right now is that he is paralyzed. His attorney, Ben Crump, said in a press conference earlier today, the quote from the attorney is, it's going to take a miracle for Jacob Blake Jr. to ever walk again. Um, As you noted, he was shot in the back several times by the Kenosha Police Department. They say that they were responding to a domestic violence call. We don't have a lot of information, but it's so the problem. The problem is that they, we have a system of justice in this country. You know, prosecutors, defense attorneys, grand juries. These are the ones that go into the courtroom and decide what charges, if appropriate, are there. But because we're in this 24/7 news cycle and everyone's got cell phones, and in this case, there is a cell phone video. You have no choice but to take the community's viewpoint into consideration. Immediate protests began, and now you've got fires, National Guard deployed to Kenosha County, tear gas being deployed. I mean, it's starting to look like the flare-ups right after George Floyd's death and now the 90th day in Portland. Um, It's starting to get a little bit out of hand, and where is it going to go? You know, it it is yet another example of an unarmed black man that's been shot by police while we're still in the middle of dealing with the aftermath of George Floyd. I mean, if it continues to happen, it's literally just pouring butane on the flames that's going to exacerbate the problem. I see this situation as tragic and very problematic, honestly. Yeah, I think think it's going to... um... It does. It just reminds you of the other, of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all these other black um, men and women who have been killed for no reason um, by police except for possibly being black. Um, I mean, there's just no other way around it. Like I said, this situation, I think that this guy was clearly walking away from the police that had told him to stop with a gun on him. If I if he didn't stop, which I think he should have. Um, the police should have tackled him to the ground. They were, he was unarmed. They had no reason to shoot him at all. Nobody should ever be shot. The training needs to be done. And um, I got to give it to his mom. His mom's name is Julia Jackson. They did a press conference this afternoon with, uh, this, with three lawyers and her and the father and his sisters. And she was probably the most gracious and eloquent I've heard speak. She, she prays that she loves the police, that she doesn't, that she wants the violence to stop, that her son would want the violence to stop. Um, but she made a hugely impassioned speech say, okay, look, we have rocks that aren't the same. We have trees that aren't the same. We have flowers that aren't the same. Why is it that just because our skin color is not the same, that is not as beautiful as all these other things in nature? 
And it was just such an eloquent speech from her, obviously hurting, um, but saying that the police were very kind to her in the hospital and escorting her to and from her son's room. She was originally not allowed to see him. They had to fight to see him because uh, he was, I guess, under arrest or whatever as well. But um, they, once she got in, the police were very um, worked with her. So she had a message of hope out there. It'll be interesting to see if that carries any weight tonight um, in the community. Because, like I said, this has been a powder keg. And once it's lit, can you cut the fuse? As you said, I don't know if it can be. I mean, obviously, Portland is in day 90, as you started off the show saying. Can we put the genie back in the bottle? I don't know. But I got to say, this Julia Jackson, the mother of Jacob Blake, was impressive as hell today on TV with her empathy for everyone and what she was asking the public and the people to do. And just why, why do we hate people of a different color? We're all the same. It's just a different part of God, right? Rocks are different. Trees are different. Plants are different. Why do all of a sudden we hate people that have a different color of skin when we're all humans? So I thought it was very eloquent. Mm. It's such, a, it's, it's, it's such an important moment in this history that for the administration to have to be 90 plus days past the death of George Floyd and to have missed the boat to only now be asking the Tim Scotts and the Herschel Walkers to come out and do any type of, I mean, come on. It's like the response to the coronavirus. They're so late to the party. And not to mention the fact that his divisiveness his attack on immigrant communities and people of color, it's just not believable coming from the administration. However, the Black Lives Matter is a legitimate movement that um, some people, it, depending on what side of the political aisle you're sitting on, some people see that as a, as a controversial group. And, and I'm not sure what their stated platform is right now. I know the defunding of the police is a big part of it. What do you think? Um, yeah, the National Party, I think um, I think they got the wording wrong in there. I think the funding is, is become the buzzword for Republicans. And Joe Biden does not support defunding the police. He does um, want to get more resources in. And I think reallocation of some funds could be what defunding the police means. It means higher in counselors, still higher in, uh, it's not getting rid of police officers, but it's bringing more qualified people with them to calls, right? People that can de-escalate a situation. And I think defunding has just gotten to be this buzzword for Republicans now. And it, because uh, it, it's been used by the Democrats and, and it's it's not helpful. I don't think anybody wants to see police defunded, I think they want to see them reformed. I think they want to see money put in better uh, better places and getting additional resources for training, additional resources for counseling and other people that can help them do their jobs. Nobody is saying to ban the police, I would hope there has been. But then right. you have cities like Minnesota that, that are using words like disband the police. So it, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot on this as Democrats. I don't think it's our intention. I don't think it's what is meant. 
but it is what's being said in certain places and it's being run with and turned into buzzwords on the Republican side. So we have to be very, very careful. Words matter. I've always said that words definitely matter. And you have to pay attention to what you say as well as what you mean. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Politics is an angry beast. It's a 24-7 news cycle. Um, So, for example, did you catch that uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. is now out at Liberty University after supposedly – okay, I think – here's my understanding of the story. I think that his wife had an affair or relationship with the pool boy, but they were complicit. It was kind of like they were all in it together. I don't want to get into lurid details, but it was eight years ago. And because he threatened to out them, now it's come to public light, and suddenly the Puritan Christian Falwell is out at uh, Liberty University. But it's kind of like the uh, Lindsey Graham stuff that's been going around for a while. Like I think there's been little hints of this controversy for a while now. This is not entirely shocking to me. But as of today, he is officially out at Liberty. No more Falwell right. Jr. there. <laughs> he resigned, he unresigned, and he resigned again is the way it actually worked out, which I thought was very amusing. Oh um, God. He resigned. Then he, then he said, no, he, he didn't resign. Then the board said, yeah, you kind of want to resign. And he resigned again. I think the most interesting thing that he said, though, which I thought was a sign that hasn't been covered that much, But one of the things he said in the aftermath of this, he says, I was never a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. I was a businessman that went there to make sure Liberty University ran successfully and brought out great Christians. But I was never a pastor. So basically he's saying in the subtext, I don't believe in all this Christian mumbo jumbo. I just am the businessman to make sure other people do it. I thought that was very funny and hypocritical as always by by someone from religious community. He's going, I'm not a pastor, so these rules shouldn't apply to me, which is just ridiculous, as we know. So, yeah, he's kind of got his hand caught in the cookie jar, and he is now gone from the university. Unfortunately, the person that took over, that is now the interim director until they find, who knows if he'll be permanent or not, but the interim director was from a affiliate group in Alaska that is even more anti-LGBT than Falwell is. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Because mm. it's hard to find someone more anti-LGBT than Falwell. But this guy in Alaska supposedly was. So very, very interesting. There's also um, the continued efforts of foreign interference in this election all of the articles that are coming out, and even the national security, uh, you know, apparatus that we have, the the committees are giving little quotes to the media saying that we wish we could share what we know about what is actively happening right now, and that's this whole thing that you and I have been talking about, how they have these policies about how you don't make certain revelations as if it's within 90 days of the election or inside of right. that 90-day window right now. But it's like, well, wait a minute. But wait a second. If you had gone back to 2016, the voters know before Election Day that Russia was actively interfering in the election. That might have had a dramatically different result. But right now, according to the headlines I'm looking at, Scott, Russia, China, and Iran are all seeking to influence the U.S. ahead of the elections. I'm not quite sure on Iran, but we know that China is pro-Biden 
and you talked about this on our earlier show about how they have reasons for backing Biden because of Trump's positions of being anti-China and the trade war they instituted. So that makes sense. So if Russia backs Trump and China backs Biden and Iran is somewhere in the middle, that's a lot more foreign interference than we had in 2016. That makes this really scary and really frighteningly illegitimate in some ways. I mean, this is concerning to the least. No, exactly. And, and I would even say it's not even as pro-Biden as it is anti-Trump for at least China. Um, for Russia, it, it's probably anti probably more pro-Trump than it is anti-Biden because they feel like you have a puppet in there. And I'm with you in Iran. I don't really know where they're at except for they like to cause trouble everywhere they go. So, yeah, it makes it seem very weird. If you have all these people playing in the election, what is the true story? What are you hearing? What's the disinformation that's coming through social media? What's the disinformation that's going through all these sites? So it's very scary to not know who to be able to trust and who could be doing things that you have no idea what's happening. So it, it's a very scary time to believe in that. You're exactly right. I agree 100%. I've got two quick headlines to put up in kind of a side-by-side view for the listeners. CNN, Trump retweets Russian propaganda about Biden that the U.S. intelligence agencies say is intended to influence the 2020 election. Now let's flip over to Mr. Vladimir Putin. The Kremlin dismisses claims Putin was behind the Navalny poisoning. So in case folks haven't really been doing a deep dive and following this, um, basically his opponent, Putin's opponent, uh, Kremlin, Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny has been in a coma since falling ill on a flight to Moscow last week, and it was announced that he was poisoned. Of course, the Kremlin and Putin are denying it, but it lines up with all of their previously established tactics and things that they've done, and also it was his opposition. It's like the smoking gun is right there. But the, the president retweeting Russian propaganda and not denouncing the bounties that were paid to Afghan warlords on American soldiers. I mean, this is something that every TV network that I'm watching, Scott, has been repeatedly calling the president out ever since the thing about the bounties paid for soldiers. The president has not once denounced that. He has not taken questions on it in any of the pressers. Something really is going on. I couldn't make it up if I tried. Something is really amiss between the relationship between this president and Russia and I, I'm still willing to say it's compromised. I really think it's compromised. Really, really, really deep. Barry Goldwater, I mean, yeah, that, you know, that, 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 that girl with the flower commercial level, devastating, like compromised. That's what I think we're dealing with. Yeah, I think that's the worst case scenario and definitely a plausible one. Best case scenario is he loves being with these um, despots and um, brutal dictators because he has a common thread with them of wanting to lead and be liked at all costs, right? So the the worst, the best case scenario is that he's a narcissistic, autocratic ruler, which isn't good to begin with. The worst <laughs> case is he's actually no. colluding with these people. So it, it is very difficult, very difficult. All right, we only have about four, four or five more minutes, so I do want to end on two positive notes if we can. Um, one... We do have, thank goodness, a bipartisan pair of congressmen on Tuesday today 
that introduced a resolution condemning the fringe conspiracy theory QAnon less than a week after Donald Trump said he appreciates QAnon because they support him. So Representative Tom Malinowski from a Democrat from New Jersey and Representative uh, Denver Riggleman from Virginia, a Republican, did a joint resolution to condemn QAnon, which is something that needs to be done. As we've talked about over the last week, these guys are nut jobs and everything they think. They think they're satanic, baby-eating cult people in Washington. So a little scary. But my best news for last for the day, this makes my heart go pitter-patter. I got an announcement in it last night from my source at uh, HBO, and it was announced on the major media today. So I was very happy it was confirmed. But HBO Max and the West Wing creator Aaron Sorkin announced a historic West Wing special to benefit the uh, nonprofit group When We All Vote. The award-winning original cast of the West Wing is going to come together for the first time in 17 years for a special stage theatrical presentation of their Hartsfield Landing episode. It's going to benefit When We All Vote. It's a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that was founded by Michelle Obama to inspire increased voter participation in every election. The original Tommy Schlamme and Casey Patterson are executive producers as they executive produce the West Wing. Tommy Schlamme is going to direct it. He directed most of the West Wing episodes. It's going to bring the original cast back, Rob Lowe, Delay Hill, Allison Janney, Janelle Maloney, Richard Schiff, Bradley Whitford, and Martin Sheen back together again to do a stage reading. They're going to do it at the Orpheum, I think it's the Orpheum Theater. Let me find out which it is. It's one of the theaters in L.A. They're going to do this the first week in October. So it's pretty exciting stuff, and I'm, I'm excited to see it happen. And it's part of the, it's an election-themed episode as well. So that's going to make it kind of fun. So I'm excited to uh, be on the lookout for that on HBO Max. Very cool. I forgot to be on. I forgot to be on the lookout for happy news. It's just been all political darkness. <laughs> I know we have to try to give at least one light story if we can a day, and it's very hard with this darkness that's happening out there. I agree a hundred percent. But uh, thanks for sharing all your thoughts, Brandon. It's uh, this is. Very important that we're talking about this. As our name goes of our podcast, last hundred days question mark. Is it the last hundred days before we get a new administration or the last hundred days potentially of this democracy if Trump wins a second term? Nothing is in stone yet. It's still a little scary, my friend. We need to talk the good talk every day. Yeah, we don't know the answer, you guys. We don't we don't know the answer. <laughs> It's uh, it it remains. Uh, we're going to literally be following this right down to the wire. And I think you said we would do one show after election day, maybe a wrap up the day after. Or what if it at goes least, into the legal yeah. bit? Do do we stay on yeah, the air we'll do if they go into the one courtroom? Show afterwards. Yeah, we'll go until it's okay. decided, and then uh, okay. we may change format and go on more than that if people love us. If you really like us, be sure to uh, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that fun stuff. Just look under last 100 days, spelled uh, L-A-S-T, the number 100, D-A-Y-S, question mark. You can uh, subscribe to it and get all of our episodes. 
And if you like us, if you really, really like us, we'll invite Sally Field on and go on past the election. Who knows, right? We'll see right. what happens. All right. Well, Brandon Carmi, let everyone know where they can find you and your amazing shows that you have on your network, please. Um, I'm on KBC News. You can pretty much find us on all platforms to search KBC News. And then also my music and work is on BrandonCarmody.com. Super duper. You can also find me at leftofstraight.com and over on Instagram and Twitter at leftofstraight, spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. We are taking the week off for our midweek break before we go into the second half of the season. So no shows this week. But, Brandon, I appreciate you. We are going to play out today with a little bit of, uh, I think this is appropriate. This is Rodrigo Maza with Save Me. You've been listening to the last 100 Days podcast right here on the Left is Straight Radio Network. Bye-bye. Can't find an open door